So, hello to all listeners and welcome to the Valmet Service Insight podcast. My name is Petri Lakka and I'm responsible for the services development at Valmet. In this podcast we will focus on analyzing the market situation in the pulp and paper industry. It's clear that in such year like 2020 there has been many changes in the market. But let's clarify these things with our guests. So we have a two guests today. Uh, from Fast Market Recipe Brussels office, we have uh, Alejandro Mata, who is Director Europe Packaging and Graphic Paper. He has more than 10 years experience in working with uh, this industry analysts. And our second guest is uh, Juho Pyrrö. He represents Valmet Business Intelligence. Juho worked previously in Pöyry, which today is known as AFRY. So both gentlemen, welcome to this uh, uh, podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go straight into the point. Uh, now, if we're thinking about this COVID-19 and the impact on the economy. So, Alejandro, I think that you have a good uh, comments to this. How this current situation has affected to the pulp and paper market? Yeah, the, it has affected, uh, as you can imagine, the, the, the affection is more on the demand side. You have always the two sides. You have production and demand. And depending on the grades, uh, the pandemic has impacted both. Like when you analyze graphic papers, we have seen a number of uh, machines being closed down because of people being infected at the mills or because of simply not sufficient demand, uh, forcing for, uh, uh, those machines to, to take market-related downtime. Uh, but overall, in the paper and board, I think the, the, the biggest effect is on the demand side. Um, if you think about the changes that people uh, is going through and, and went through in the second quarter in Europe uh, while on lockdown, um, yeah, uh, we had to stay at home. We had to practice more home office. Uh, people was learning from home and even going and, and getting your groceries or buying uh, the regular stuff that you were used to got more complicated. So you had to practice different behaviors. And the reality is that humans are creatures of habits. And we normally don't like to break those habits or, 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 or not follow those habits. Uh, and it, it normally takes uh, big shocks, like in this case, the pandemic, to break habits and to create new ones. And that's actually what's happening. We believe that the pandemic has forced us to, uh, to adapt and to embrace digital more than before. And we are creating new habits around that. And in the long run, we believe that will have implications for the better or for the worse uh, for paper and board consumption. Of course, this is a topic that goes more than just talking about paper and board. I think depending on the grade that you're talking, we might see some uh, good stories developing. For some other grades, you will see some very bad negative, uh, bad uh, uh, stories developing as well. What, what do you see from, if, if you're thinking about the, from a regional perspective, can, can you see some some differences in the in the market development? You you mentioned generally about the overall the market demands and conditions, but do we see any any differences between the between the regions? I mean the, the uh, Asia Pacific, China, uh, comparing to Europe, maybe South America, uh, North America. In that uh, that level, do you do you see some? some changes there or, or differences? Yeah, there are differences. There are big differences. Um, if we compare Europe with the main uh, producing areas like uh, Asia, North America, Latin America, 
usually Europe tends to, to perform uh, uh, worse than the other areas. And from an economic point of view, uh, if you compare, compare the performance of, let's say, the U.S. Uh, through the pandemic with what we have seen in Europe, it is clear that uh, Europe has been affected more uh, than what we see in the U.S. The U.S. Is, is, is recovering much faster. If we compare it to the situation in China, for example, China is the only economy within the G20 group that will still grow in GDP this year. And if you see the uh, um, um, short-term indicators, there's no sign that their recovery is slowing down. So they are actually, they, they were one of the first going into the pandemic. They managed it quite well since the beginning, and they are actually coming out of it. And from an economic point of view, not, not really uh, suffering much from it. So there are vast differences. And, and those differences from an, uh, an economic point of view will have a lot of repercussions on the uh, demand for paper and board as well, as you can imagine. But also looking into the uh, European uh, differences. I mean, Europe is a is a, a, a big area, and we have a mix of a lot of different cultures, a lot of different uh, uh, people, and different economies, different drivers. And if you think about um, the pandemic, uh, basically affected the service area of the economy. That's where most of the effect has been. In the industry has been affected, but not to the same level. So the countries that are more exposed to service-oriented industries like tourism are the ones that are suffering the most. So from a, a geographical point of view, if you think about Europe, countries uh, that have a lot of tourism like Italy, like Spain, like France, Greece, those are the countries that will have a, a, a stronger effect, a strong, stronger impact from, from this pandemic. So you didn't mention too much about the tissue uh, anything uh, to mention about that uh, anything uh, any any impact to that uh, uh, that uh, great yeah yeah i mean tissue is one of those areas within paper and board that are actually doing uh, well it doesn't mean that it's not suffering i think every uh, paper and board grade uh, went into into uh, uh, shock this year and um it, it in a way, um, there was a, a change in behaviors, as we were saying before, as people stayed at home, and there was a shift in consumption from at from away from home to at home. So areas like tissue are, are seeing a lot of change because of that dynamic. But other uh, paper and board segments like uh, boxboard are also seeing that dynamic as well, because people is eating less outside and they are eating more at home. That means a lot of a lot more prepared meal and dishes being uh, sold, and there's a lot of uh, folding cartons for the food service applications going into this segment, and that's also seeing uh, quite a positive development right at the beginning and during the the pandemic. Now, if we're moving into the 2021, and I took a. Uh, one kind of a report actually, which uh, shows uh, a bit more green, green colors in the in 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 the horizon somehow, and uh, uh, looks looks positive from the different uh, uh, report perspective. So, uh, what is your observation for 2021? How how you see the uh, trend goes uh, towards next year? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, there will definitely be a recovery. Um, uh, we are expecting to see a rebound from the steep drops that we're seeing in demand this year. Uh, that will uh, be different depending on the on the grade that uh, that we're talking. Uh, of course, things like uh, container board, uh, box board, and even tissue will be recovering uh, stronger than uh, markets like graphics, which we believe that up to this point will be uh, at best uh, staying flat or growing, but just marginally uh, next year. In Europe in particular, I don't see graphics growing next year. Uh, they will still decline by a smaller proportion uh, than uh, during the pandemic and even before the pandemic. But the, the growth will not, uh, on a quarter to quarter, will not be sufficient to revert into growth for 21 as a whole. So it, it will all depend on the on the grade-by-grade uh, uh, grade basis. But just to give you a, a, an insight, uh, for 2020, we are expecting to see overall paper and board demand uh, declining by about 6%, uh, between 5.5 and, 5 .5 and 6%. We will see a recovery uh, in 21 of about 3%. And this is globally. This is not Europe, but this is global. So that's... Is there any any differences between the regions in in this growth? Yes, yes, yes. How fast we can recover yes. in the market in different regions? Yeah, there are definitely going to be differences uh, in, in uh, from the different regions. As I was saying before, with with China, for example, not not even uh, contracting this year and growing faster uh, next year, the recovery that we will see from a paper and board demand in Asia will be stronger than what we see in uh, in Europe. But the same applies to to North America, because they have been affected less. Uh, they, they will also have the en enough strength from a uh, macroeconomic point of view to have a better rebound in demand next year. Juho, uh, you have done some uh, analysis of uh, of the statistics what I have on on front of me here. Uh, mm, what what is your view to this? Uh, these numbers, how, how, how do things look like based on your studies of, of these numbers? Well, if, if you start first about packaging uh, markets and, and specifically fiber-based packaging. So, of course, traditionally there has been strong correlation between GDP and industrial production and, and uh, corrugated board, for example, corrugated board uh, demand. But in this case, uh, or this year, we have seen some change into that traditional correlation. And and that's mainly due to e-commerce and, and strong demand in that side. So there has been stepwise change in e-commerce growth. And uh, that's something, of course, which is offering some opportunities for paper industry in that side. And... At the same time, as we know and discussed here, um, graphic paper markets has been in, in rapid decline, and especially in, in North America and, and Europe, uh, we, we can see that there are many shutdowns announced, and but also some conversion plans. So in total, I think in North America and Europe, we can assume that even some 10 almost like 10 million tons of uh demand will disappear in in graphic paper side and on the on the other hand 
some conversions or conversion plans are also announced for for that period. So maybe some three million tons are planned now to be converted to to packaging grades, and that's of course. There is not that much room in in packaging markets. There was already before the crisis some uh, imbalance supply and demand, but definitely I think that the current situation is encouraging for uh, companies to to invest in that area. And and of course, if you think about the graphic paper machines, those are very many of them are very good modern machines, and uh, by by putting maybe less than half of the uh, investment needed for for a new machine, new board machine, you can get rather modern machine, and and uh, it can be competitive if the trim width is matching for the packaging market requirements. So there is some possibilities, but at the same time, I think that uh, it will result some restructuring uh, in the packaging business as well at the same time the trend in the market seems that uh, we 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 convert the paper machines uh, into the board machines that seems to be the today's uh, well key topic in the market somehow uh, how, how you see that and uh, and the overcapacity is there risk for the overcapacity as well Yes, yes, we have seen a, a number of, of conversions in the past. Uh, there is definitely a risk of overcapacity developing because we have seen a number of, of changes, especially in, in this year, we have seen a couple of uh, large state-of-the-art machines coming in, actually coming in very low in the industry cash cost curve. So whoever wants to go into this segment, they need to do it well, they need to do it properly to enter that cash cost curve in a, in a good positioning. So when it comes to conversions, it is not only the technical aspects what you need to understand well, but you need to understand well uh, the products that you are offering, the markets that you're entering, and put that together with a, a, a very sound strategy uh, for you to, to have a successful conversion. Otherwise, it will not work. Maybe to add to this uh, point also that those machines who are producing high basis weight products will be in in the most challenging position typically in e-commerce you use uh, some lightweight uh, grades and lightweight uh, liners and uh, those new machines and most of the conversions focus on those areas so the traditional high basis weight liner board producers they they definitely are in in a challenging position very good, very good. Hey, let's uh, jump into the next uh, interesting uh, topics that uh, I put it here. It's uh, uh, talking about the megatrends. You already mentioned about the megatrends uh, in the in in this industry, but uh, what do you what do you see as the most uh, uh, important or significant trends uh, in in pulp and paper industry? Yes, um, I think there are. Uh practically two that you can group together. One is we will need to keep monitoring the changing consumer preferences because a lot of that will happen during the pandemic and how demand will evolve and, and come out out of the uh, pandemic will depend a lot on, on these changes. So that will be key. The other element and the other development uh, that will redefine our industry, not only after the pandemic, but in the short to medium term, 
is the, all the sustainability and all the legislations that are coming from the European Commission point of view. So you mean plastic substitution as an example? Yeah, plastic substitution, it's, it's one of them. Uh, uh, however, it's, it's going a bit further than that in the recent uh, 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 weeks. Um, of course, plastic substitution has been the first and, and foremost uh, um, area the e European Commission is targeting. But now they're moving into single-use uh, product substitution. So they want really to stop using single-use products, regardless of the material they are made of. And from that point of view, from that perspective, the paper and board industry might be exposed uh, to, to these legislations. So we need to understand them. We need to uh, support the industry in the fight of, uh, against these legislations or in the fight of um, making sure the policymakers understand exactly what the uh, uh, um, uh, situation is, what the position of our industry is, and act accordingly. The other is the CO2 emissions, um, part of the Green Deal uh, from the European Commission. Um, in, in theory, we want to move to carbon neutrality by 2050. There's an interim uh, target of uh, up to 55% reduction by 2030, and the industry is definitely not there. We so far have reduced about 30% of the uh, CO2 emissions, but we still have more to go. So there will be more investment needed uh, to uh, make our uh, industry complying with the CO2 uh, uh, target. Um, but yeah, there are also risks associated to that. Juha, do you have anything to add to this list? Well, I think it is uh, most of them are also included in, in Valmet's uh, selected megatrends. So what we have listed and which actually are resource efficient and clean world and the second one is digitalization and and third one uh, urban and responsible and global customer so or consumer so um, these uh, there are of course multiple aspects within these megatrends but definitely co2 is one of the key topics and uh, interestingly, I was yesterday listening to McKinsey's uh, packaging webinar where they presented some survey results uh, done in, I think it was 10 countries. And there is clearly change in consumer thinking and uh, they, are aware, uh, they are more aware today and they are willing to pay extra for more sustainable packaging. Of course, Pretty much linked to Alejandro's uh, comment about the EU legislation. It's not always clear that what is sustainable and, and what is not. And that's uh, that's interesting thing here. So it's interesting to see how the re regulation is developing. But in China, actually, there is same things happening. And uh, interestingly there, uh, for example, fiber-based products, they are seen more... more uh, more as a solution than, than a threat for the uh, environment. So if we're talking about the digitalization, uh, uh, natural question raised that uh, what will happen to like uh, newsprint grades? People are, uh, of course, reading the newspapers, but uh, through the digital channels instead of uh, buying the uh, newspaper. Uh, how, how you see the... How do you see that trend in the future? Do we see some kind of doomsday scenario there? 
Yeah, no, um, I mean, uh, newsprint, it has been declining quite a lot since 2008, 2009, and it still has some, some uh, ground to cover before it stops declining. My personal opinion is newsprint will never disappear completely. We will always have a newsprint industry. Uh, it will be becoming more niche than it is now, but there will always be a need for uh, for newsprint, either for newspapers that remain alive or for commercial print applications, but we will always uh, have some around. By, I don't know, um, I've, I've been getting this question for the past, I don't know, five, six years. Uh, and it's always challenging to give uh, an answer on when that uh, uh, when the decline will stop and when we will start seeing more uh, stable demand patterns in newsprint. At the moment, I can I can only tell you by 2030 we are not there yet. Uh, the industry will continue to decline at least for the next uh, 10 years on the newsprint side. We might see something happening, something changing uh, after 2030. We actually monitor the newsprint consumption per capita in many areas of the world. And we do see that uh, that consumption per capita is declining, but we are already starting to see a smoothing, uh, a smoothening in that, in that uh, uh, downward slope, which is already encouraging, but it's, it's still in decline for, for some years. But somehow I understood that also there is a hope still. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, what if we jump into the kind of uh, uh, somehow uh, take a maybe take a crystal ball in our hand and uh, take this kind of a ten years perspective from now on, how we see the situation in this uh, in this industry in ten years perspective? Uh, any thoughts about that? Uh, uh, please be as a visionary uh, <laughs> at this point. So how, how you see? Ten-year perspective. That what we see in this this market. Yes, um, uh, definitely there will be grades that will continue to decline, like, like graphics. But there are grades that will continue to to grow and do good, like container board, like box board, like tissue. Uh, so overall, I think the next three to five years. Uh, might be very challenging for the industry because we're coming out of a very steep recession. And it is uh, joined together with a lot of requirements from a legislative point of view to comply with sustainability targets. So it, it is not easy. And at the same time, you need to consider that uh, we are a global industry. And there are some other regions in the world that are not as ambitious as, as Europe is in the terms in terms of environmental or sustainability targets. So there will be a period in which um, the competitiveness of the European industry might be affected. But overall, I think at the end of uh, the years, by 2030, I'm not sure it's going to be the case, but we will get there. I think our industry will emerge stronger than it is now, better understood by consumers better understood by uh, the legislative force, then everything uh, that works around the industry, I think, will be in a better stage as it is compared to, to nowadays. So that's, uh, for me, uh, the way I see the industry moving. It will not be for, for everybody that is in the industry now. We're definitely going to see fewer uh, companies around, um, um, but um, I'm pretty sure it will emerge stronger than than uh, than what it is now. And I think that uh, there are, of course, many new innovations within forest industries, which help to uh, kind of 
sent a message to, to consumers, but also the decision makers. So we have, of course, different biochemicals. We have some wood-based textile fibers coming on market. We have some microfibrillate cellulose solutions for, for many different industries and applications. And uh, also, why not some biodegradable barrier solutions in the longer run, which then maybe can be used in, in different food packaging uh, solutions as well. So in that sense, I think that uh, also our industry will be more versatile by 2030. Now there are lots of investments going on in these new topics and uh, it's uh, now changing from the demo, demo mills to, to commercial industrialized mills. And uh, that's interesting to see how that area is developing here. But you earlier actually mentioned the CO2 and it's uh, those tight uh, uh, requirements uh, for the industry to deal with both energy efficiency but also i think what will happen in this industry is these investments in energy systems overall so maybe there will be lots of changes in the energy concepts of the mills uh, all already by 2030 in order to tackle or meet the target set for the industries very good so there is a kind of a bright and positive future is, is waiting for us and uh, with these words it's always good to, good to close this discussion and, and thanks uh, Alejandro and uh, Juho uh, these valid uh, interesting comments and uh, thanks for the listeners as well thank you very much you are welcome thanks you're welcome thank you